Welcome to the Hollywood vs. Hollywood podcast. I'm your host, HT, joining you with my co-host, the Bearheart himself, Michael Herbert. Happy to be here. Hollywood vs. Hollywood is a podcast that measures all the different metrics of twin movies to determine which ultimately is a better twin movie. We are like the Guinness Book of twin movies. I think of us as less official than that, because for me, it's about the discussion or the journey rather than the destination. But okay. Today we are going to talk about twin movies that ask the question, should I let the government regulate my superpowers or keep killing the innocent bystanders like I always have? Today on the Hollywood vs. Hollywood podcast, we're talking about Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice versus Captain America, Civil War. Both with colons. Uh, do they have colons? I don't think Batman v Superman has a colon. Batman v Superman, colon, Dawn of Justice. I did not see a colon in the title, did you? It's implied. Okay. You're, this is not grammar, man. This is movies. I'm just pointing out that one of their likenesses, as that's kind of what this podcast is about, is that they both have like a subtitle. Okay. To appease my co-host here, Batman v Superman, colon, Dawn of Justice, Captain America, colon, Civil War. I was just pointing it out. I, I, I wasn't trying to steer you in any... Grammar, alternate direction. Grammar police. Grammar police over here. This episode is going to be as long as these movies if we keep going. Let's start with Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. Play the trailer, Michael. He has the power to wipe out the entire human race. If we believe there's even a 1% chance that he is our enemy, we have to take it as an absolute certainty. Bat vigilante is like a one-man reign of terror. Nobody cares about Clark Kent taking on the Batman. God versus man. I'm not going to say the colon anymore, bro. No, I'm not telling you to say the colon. Michael, what is Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice about? Batman v Superman is about how Batman and Superman have alternate views of, of how justice should be wrought in their cities and that they disagree with the other strategies. There's definitely the story of how Bruce Wayne believes that Superman might bring about the the end of the world is kind of at the core of the story. Okay. Our second contender is Captain America Civil War. Play the trailer, Michael. I know we're not perfect, but the safest hands are still our own. We need to be put in check. This doesn't have to end in a fight, Tony. You just started a war. Stay down. Final warning. I could do this all day. What is Captain America Civil War about? Captain America Civil War is about how Captain America, Steve Rogers, and Iron Man, Tony Stark, also have uh, having alternate views about how superhero deployments should be handled and how ultimately that will come to a head in splitting the Avengers right down the middle, uh, factions forming on both sides leading to uh, armed conflict. Both are awesome movies with some very great fight sequences. Michael, what is your all-time favorite superhero film? I prepared myself for what is my favorite Marvel Cinematic Universe film, and I think that that's Iron Man. I think that the first Iron Man holds up as just the best film unto itself, the best standalone film. I love me some Jeff Bridges. 
Let me think for one second about my favorite superhero movie at large and why it would be anything but The Dark Knight. I think it's The Dark Knight. It's The Dark Knight. Do you have a favorite superhero movie? So, Civil War is my favorite superhero movie. This movie. This movie, that we're talking Civil today, War, talking is my about favorite today. superhero movie. Wow. But my favorite, 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 favorite superhero movie, which I think is more of an action crime drama, is the one you mentioned, which is The Dark Knight. So, I don't really consider that movie a superhero movie. I consider that movie like an action crime drama as opposed to a superhero movie. I can't believe that you found a way for us to disagree about this. <laughs> But Civil War, like, if I wanted to watch a superhero movie and have fun with it, I'd turn on Civil War. Fair. Are you ready to pit these two movies, Dawn of Justice and Civil War, against each other? I'm ready. Superhero chests will be pierced open. Boring government meetings will get bombed. Only one movie can be crowned a true Hollywood champion in the Hollywood vs. Hollywood podcast. I was not totally in the mood to sit down and watch Captain America Civil War. Which worries me. I did not think this movie could top the Batmobile. We have a very simple process. Each movie will compete in 18 categories. And it will be granted a point if it wins the category. In the end, whichever movie has the most total points wins this episode of the Hollywood vs. Hollywood podcast. Michael and I are also each allowed the ace up your sleeve card. Michael, what is the ace up your sleeve card? The ace up the sleeve card, which we are both allowed to use once per episode, brings the end to the debate in any given category and give a point to whichever movie you prefer. It's the equivalent of throwing over a board game or flipping over a board game. Yeeting, as they say. What is it? Yeeting? Yeet. What does, what does that mean? Is that a word? I can't be responsible for teaching you slang. Category one. Which movie won the release date? Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice was released on March 25, 2016. Captain America Civil War was released on May 6, 2016. Tell me, Michael, which movie barreled into the box office first? Uh, it seems like Batman v Superman got there first. Put it on the board. Category two. Which movie won the box office? Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, whose budget was $90 million, grossed $872 million worldwide. Captain America, Civil War, with a budget of $116 million, grossed. Do you have a guess, Michael? I wrote it down, so I, I'm, uh, I do have a very accurate guess. Tell us. Uh, $1.153 billion. The MCU juggernaut. Between Captain America, Civil War, and Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, a clear box office winner. Say it out loud, my friend. Captain America. Captain America takes the point. Let's add it to the tally. I was curious how many films have grossed over a billion dollars. It's got to be over 10 at this point. It's a lot. Uh, adjusted? I, I can just say it. Titanic, Avatar, Avatar 2, Endgame. Infinity War, and these are just guesses. I don't even know for sure. Uh, Dark Knight, how many did I say? Seven? What else is in there? Uh, Here, here's a good way of framing it. How many films do you think have made more than a billion dollars? Ten, over ten. Fifty-two. Damn. <laughs> That's adjusted, right? Without adjusting for inflation, 52 movies have grossed over a billion dollars at the box office. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Is Gone with the Wind in there? 
It's a long list, man. I got to look through it. You brought it up. I know. Well, now I feel like we should cut this because it's not it's not a small thing to talk about. So let's let's scratch this. This is a yes or no, man. I also want to add that around this time, a couple of other franchises, they did not quite have verses in the title, but they were versus elements in the storyline. One was the Transformers movie that came out in 2015 or 2016, where I think everybody was against Optimus Prime. And then there was a... Furious 7 movie in which everybody was against Dom. I mean, let's be fair. Aren't most films about a person versus another person? No, we're talking about hero versus hero. Oh, okay. Yeah. So these movies had hero versus hero storylines. So, you know, it was an interesting time in terms of what the studios were making and what the writers were writing. A time of great conflict. Category 3. Which movie has the better title? What do you think, Michael? All right, let's talk this out. I've gone back and forth myself batman v superman dawn of justice i like it and i think dawn of justice refers to the upcoming at the time justice league movie they they were setting up the characters that would be in justice league in a hurriedly fashion they were setting it up email attachments are a good way of telling a story of a movie you know that yeah um captain america civil war I think Captain America Civil War is better. I debated it in my head as well. Uh, Captain America Civil War, obviously my favorite superhero movie. I often belovedly refer to it as Civil War. I feel like I'm changing my mind here. Oh, per- perfect. Let me tell you my arguments. And let me, then let me hear we'll it. Line up here. Uh, we have Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. I think if Dawn of Justice isn't tacked on, Batman v Superman by itself is clearly the better title. Shout out to I Am Legend, the 2007 Will Smith movie. During that film's opening sequence, a giant poster of Batman v Superman can be seen. I loved it when I saw it on I Am Legend, and I could not wait to see Batman v Superman, the movie. I think there's an I Am Legend snuck poster snuck in into Batman v Superman somewhere. Is that right? Because I did not notice it. I'm going to have to go to the internet on that one. All right, internet uh, people, tell us. Put it in the socials if there is a poster of I Am Legend in these in the Batman v Superman movie. They did not have to tack on Dawn of Justice at the end. Just leave it at Batman v Superman. Captain America Civil War is more concise. It doesn't. It's not as drawn out as Dawn of Justice. But it's Batman v Superman. Ignore the Dawn of Justice, man. Batman v Superman. That's a better title. So there was a Marvel comic book series called Civil War. So I think if you were aware that that was a, a, a thing in, in the comic book or like superhero community, that the notion of Captain America Civil War and, and, and the knowledge you're bringing to that title makes it very powerful. But I, I agree that for your, your average film goer who, who might not be, you know, plugged into the comic books with Batman v Superman with or without Dawn of Justice, you know what you're getting. Yeah. And you're probably excited about it. Batman v Superman takes the point, yes? Give it to Batman v Superman. Put it on the board, Michael. I also want to say this, that on this show, we should kind of just focus on the movies themselves, not the baggage before the movie. So when talking about Civil War, we should not be thinking about the Winter Soldier or the first Avenger movie. Uh, I mean, I, I may bring up the context in which the, the film existed i think it's an important part of the conversation but it it should not be part of the competition it could be part of the conversation but it should not factor into the competition okay Um, yeah i'm fine with that 
I also want to point out to our audience as we continue that we're not talking about the ultimate edition of Batman v Superman here. Zack Snyder, you just release the movie that you made, man. Stop doing the ultimate extended edition. I, I mean, I, I, I will say it once and only once. The longer edition is better. It's too long, but it's better. It is better, but in this podcast, we only talk about theatrical the theatrical cuts. versions. Let's dive deeper. Category four. Which movie has the better leading actors? Batman v Superman has Ben Affleck as Batman and Henry Cavill as Superman. So we're doing two lead actors. Yeah, this is, I think, a unique situation. So we have to. Captain America Civil War has Chris Evans as Captain America and Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. Which movie has the better leading actors, Michael? And before you answer, let me just say this. That I think we should call the Captain America Superman character America Man. And that we should call the Iron Man Batman character Iron Bat. This is one of those ideas out of your brain that really confuses me. So let's just go with the canonical names of the characters. How about that? The what names? canonical is that, that like of the canon like the name the names that we know them by the thought that i put into this answer requires that we buy into the idea that i just said i mean do you want to then continue your thought because i, I i'm i'm not on that train i'm kind of i want to hear what you have to say before i jump onto my train okay well you know you brought up the idea of discussing two lead actors for this category which is is normally just the lead actor uh, of the film be it man or woman and um, when I took a second to think about it, I it kind of occurred to me how equal, almost equal, the time Captain America and Iron Man get on screen uh, in Civil War. So uh, I, I do buy the notion that that it's you know Batman v Superman, but it could also be Captain America versus Iron Man. It's it's you know the Civil War story while it involves a lot of other superhero characters, it's that delineated. And those two characters are head-to-head and and at uh, at odds as much as Batman and and Superman are. Yeah, it's quite similar. It's really the verses between those two characters. It's Iron Bat Bat versus... No, it's it's Iron Bat versus America, man. I, uh, I I used all my RAM there, so I, I just need a second to like get a new idea in my head. Buffer up. Michael is buffering for a few minutes, guys, while the internet speeds are rebuffering. Okay, so let, let's start here. I, I like all of these actors. I really like Ben Affleck. I, you, you know the signs that people have out in front of their house that, that's like, in this house, we believe in science. Like, in this house, we love Ben Affleck. I really grown to appreciate Henry Cavill. I like the man from Uncle a lot. I think Henry, I, have, I have not seen that. I think Henry Cavill is great in Mission Impossible Fallout. He's great in that, yes. And you know what he does with Superman, I, I've grown to appreciate. I think when Henry Cavill first appeared as Superman, you know, I, I preferred the Christopher Reeve and Brandon Routh kind of like doe-eyed Boy Scout, you know, version of uh, of of Superman. Henry Cavill Superman is uh, a little bit darker, um, but you know, as I've grown to uh, enjoy the Man of Steel film more, I've also um, grown to enjoy uh, Henry Cavill's Superman performance more. Uh, Chris Evans was was born to play Captain America. I like 
that he seems to not uh, resent that, you know, um, now that he's kind of done playing the part. And Robert Downey Jr., you know, I, I was such a fan of even before he kind of had to clean up his act and, and return to us for a long time. A movie called Wonder Boys was was my favorite film, and he, he has a relatively small part in that movie, but but he's excellent. Well, while we're referring to his filmography, I also want to do a special mention to Tropic Thunder, which came out the same year as the first Iron Man. That was a great year for Downey. What a year. 2008. So, I... I I think a theme of this discussion will be like, when it comes to Ben Affleck, when it comes to Henry Cavill, it's not their fault. Little Robin Williams there. It's not their <laughs> It's not your fault. fault. It's not your fault. There, we'll, we'll, we'll dive into this a little bit more in the discussion of best scenes, but there's just more for Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. to chew on. The dialogue is better oh i'm stepping on future categories <laughs> so let's 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 plan to cut that out i think one of the key differentiators is there are extended scenes where tony stark and steve rogers actually talk to each other and you get the opportunity to see some subtlety in their performances there really is no subtlety in the film Batman v Superman. So when it comes to showcasing the the acting talent, uh, for me, it's it's pretty clearly Captain America: Civil War for for the best leading actors for the best lead actors. So I when I started thinking about the answer to this question for me, I was I was leaning really hard towards what you have come up at. However, but you found a way to disagree with me. Well, I was not intentionally trying to find a way to disagree with you. And my answer, you'd be surprised by what my answer is here, which is that, as I said earlier, that Chris Evans and Henry Cavill are basically playing America Man. And they're both very similar characters. And they're all powerful and nice and kind and decent with good old American values, right? I am partial to Chris Evans here because Chris Evans inhabits the decency of the character quite well. I sympathize with him, even when I don't agree with him. And I don't fi- find myself sympathizing with the Henry Cavill character. I think, I think you've, you've misidentified the Superman character a little bit. I, I think the, the, the popular notion of Superman, or, or the classic notion of Superman, is the like untouchable optimist, the American way, or the highway Superman. Yeah. This Superman's much more conflicted. And I mean, I think it's probably one of the thing one of the core issues that people might have with this version of the superman character if i just think about it as the american man character which is the decent american person who holds up american values chris evans resonates with me more and so for the american man character i'm with chris evans now when ben affleck was announced as batman Amongst many other YouTube people and internet people, I was one of the people who was very upset about it because I could never, ever, ever, ever picture Ben Affleck playing the character of Batman. So the movie comes out. I'm in the theater. I'm like, he will never be as good as Christian Bale. He will never be as good as Tim Burton. And boy, was I wrong. He nails it, man. Ben Affleck is a really good Batman. He has the physicality. He has the play-by-billionaire thing. He has the Batman thing. When he fights, he fights with what, what is called fight confidence. And he, he really blew me away as Batman. 
So if if you can kind of go back to go back in time to 2016, did you feel the same way when you watched him as Batman in this movie? No, I well, you know, leading up to the film, again, I'm I'm a fan. Uh I I believe Ben Affleck directed and starred in Argo before he donned the cape. So, you know, I I think he proved himself in decades previous as a successful on-screen presence. We saw what he could do behind the camera with uh, Argo. And I think uh, a little bit in the mold of Tom Cruise, he's a guy who who understands movies. He understands what it takes to make uh, a successful, big-budget Hollywood feature film. But I think this one got away from him. <laughs> or I think, you know, when you when you put on the cape, you are subjected to a lot of other voices. So you have, obviously, Zack Snyder as the director and a lot of studio input that clearly not only affected the way that the Batman character is portrayed, but also the the way that the whole film is released in that we always get, you know, we always get the version that Zack Snyder wanted uh, a few years later. So, you know, I didn't have any real reticence about seeing Ben Affleck as Batman. I, I was excited about the potential, but I, I think the fact that we never even got a standalone Ben Affleck as Batman film, it's kind of proof positive that this version of the character is certainly not the most successful and not nearly as successful as Michael Keaton or Christian Bale. So we disagree about that. I, because what I was going to propose is, let's give half a point to each movie. Because I think American Man is, does, is done better by Civil War, and uh, Iron Bat is done better by Dawn of Justice. I think you're caught up trying to be cute here. It's not intentional. This is uh, well thought out. What do you think? Half a point each, or you want to just give it all to Civil War here? Uh, uh, you know, for me, point, points are given where points are due. And uh, I think the performances of our two lead actors in, in Captain America Civil War are, are outstanding in this category. Okay, because I agree with you about Chris Evans, and I, I love Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, I'm easily swayed here, and uh, let's give, it, give Civil War a point here, man. Point given. Put it on the board, Michael. Category 5. Which movie has the best rest of the cast? meaning everyone except the lead actors. Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice has Amy Adams, Jesse Eisenberg, Lawrence Mofo Fishburne, Diane Lane, Jeremy Irons, Holly Hunter. I love Holly Hunter. We also have Wonder Woman Gal Gadot. Did I say her name right? I think so. Scott McNary. I like Scott McNary. And Michael Shannon. What do you think of that cast? Do you mean Scoot McNary? Can you double check that? I don't have to. Okay, Scoot McNary, I like Scoot McNary, and Michael Shannon. Also you, in Argo, Scoot McNary. Is he? Yeah. What do you think of that cast, Michael? It's fine. <laughs> Captain America, Civil War features, Don Cheadle. Is Don Cheadle the person who's appeared most on this podcast so far? So far, yeah. Don Cheadle, ScarJo, Chadwick Boseman, who was a rising star at the time, but is undeniable in his greatness today. We have Jeremy Renner, Paul Bettany. Paul Rudd, Martin Freeman, Marissa Tomei, Daniel Brühl, I like Daniel Brühl, and William Hurt. I can keep going with the cast if you want me to. We also have Anthony Mackie, Sebastian Stan, Elizabeth Olsen, 
and Tom Holland, my favorite Spider-Man. What do you think of that cast? It's a murderer's row. It's undeniable. It's an insane collection of, of talented people. Plus, they get to do cool stuff in the movie. Uh, where in Batman v Superman, all those actors are just kind of doing side stuff. Whereas in Captain America Civil War, they're superheroes, man. Every single character, every single actor that you named appearing in Captain America Civil War, I, I could tell you about what they do in the film. I, I could probably come up with a line that they have. And I feel like they bring a seriousness, you know, to the role. It's hilarious to see William Hurt as Secretary of Defense, Ross. He plays it straight, you know, and I'm, I, I think he passed away not too long ago, which is a huge bummer. But, you know, it's just so fun to, to, to see a, a, an actor with the gravitas that, that he has, you know, step into the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. And Tom Holland introduced to the world as Spider-Man in this movie is just incredible. And, you know, he comes out throwing 100 miles an hour. He's adorable. Yeah. Oh, and it was also our first introduction to Chadwick Boseman, who is, you know, God bless his soul. Lightning on the screen. Like, I, I, I... Actually, that's not true. He had been in movies before, but in the MCU, he was introduced for the first time. You know, I, I tried to put myself in, in the headspace of when this movie came out. So, you know, we had seen Avengers, Age of Ultron, Ant-Man immediately preceded this film. And to think that the Tom Holland Spider-Man that we've, we've gotten to know now through three of his own films, three standalone Spider movie, uh, Spider-Man movies, Spider-Ling. Uh, <laughs> Spider-Boy. <laughs> Spider-Ling really killed me. Um, and, you know, Chadwick Boseman, who... We came to know and, and, and lost already, but who, who would be Black Panther in the standalone Black Panther film and then carry the character through Infinity War and Endgame. You know, it really struck me uh, in, in, in the mindset of, you know, this is where we see them first and they just, they come out swinging. Yeah. So this is an easy point for Captain America Civil War. Put it on the board. Do you want to just talk? We'll talk a little bit about. <laughs> I, I'm I'm not, I'm clearly not disagreeing with you, but I I just want to talk about the cast of, of Batman v Superman a little bit. Do we need to? I mean, we like all those actors, but do we need to? They'll come up in other categories. I'm you sure. You think so? Yeah. I mean, Eisenberg will come up. I think at some point. Fishburne, you want to talk about him? No, we'll them? we'll parse the discussion out through the rest of the of the podcast. That's Gal Gadot. Fine. I want to talk about Gal Gadot. Let's continue. Category six. Best, best scene. In this category, Michael and I agree on the scene we think is the best scene in each movie. And then we decide which movie has the best, best scene. Let's talk about the best scene in Batman v Superman. This is what I wrote down. Batman warehouse fight scene where Batman rescues Superman's mom. Incredible fight scene. And then I have the titular fight between Batman and Superman. Everything before he says Martha. Those are the two I wrote down. Do you have any other nominees? All right. I've got uh, the opening metropolis fight that's pretty good pretty good with uh the fight between superman and general zod but from bruce wayne's perspective and i've seen it online where the timing of of the scene in batman v superman is identical to the timing of the fight scene in man of steel so you could play them next to each other which i guess when it comes to making a successful film like doesn't matter but I, i i just love that um I liked the 
Batman dystopian future dream sequence where... Let me ask you this. Did you watch the extended edition? No. Okay. No, because, I promise. Okay, you like the dystopian thing? I, I thought it was such a waste. I, I Well, you know, the, this movie is filled with missed opportunities, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to point to things that I did like. And the, the dystopian future dream sequence where Superman operates uh, a mercenary army in a Gotham desert landscape was at least uh, an original vision. I, I, I guess it's probably taken from something from a comic book. But, you know, in terms of the palette of the film, it, it's it's something new to look at. And, you know, it feels like something that's kind of thought through. So I came to this movie not knowing uh, what that was about exactly. Um, so I did not know that they were fighting in Gotham. I did not know that it was Superman, a Superman-led army. But I did catch on to the fact that there was something wrong with the world. I, You can stop me if you don't want to have this conversation here. But you, you brought up the Martha thing. Yeah. And there's a lot that's wrong with Batman v Superman. And there's a lot to, to nitpick about the film. People complain a lot about the Martha thing, the Martha-ness of the Batman versus Superman fight scene. And I'm here to stand for it. <laughs> you, you are here to defend Martha? I'm here to defend it. So that's a titular fight scene. So we can tack it on because I, I said that except everything Martha. Sure. But if you want to throw it, throw it in, you know, throw but it in. Can, can, I, can I dive in just a little bit here? Yeah. All right. So, you know, I wanted to talk about this because I feel like it's representative of, of maybe not a missed opportunity, but, but maybe a botched opportunity. Because I think the notion that the thing that humanizes Superman in the eyes of Bruce Wayne, being that they, their mothers shared the same name, is beautiful. And I think it's really cool to think that these characters were written like, were invented a hundred years ago right? Why, how did their mothers end up having the same name? Maybe Martha was a popular name back then. My guess is, is, is that it probably comes from like Martha Washington. You talked about like the Americanness, you know, of, 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 of Superman. I feel like, you know, the, the original kind of more detective version of Batman, you know, was, was still very rah-rah American. So was Martha Washington like George Washington's wife or something? Yes. Okay. But, you know, it, it, it ends up feeling hokey or, or sappy, you know, in this moment of the movie. But to think that we're we're meeting Bruce Wayne kind of in his in his darkest hour. He's really lost faith, right? He's killing people, which is is not the Batman that we know. He looks at Superman and and Superman's this beacon of hope for so many people. But he he can't feel anything but antagonism uh, antagonism towards him and and doesn't believe that anyone else can stand for good because his history in defending Gotham has just left him disappointed in 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 people time and time and time and time again. So you know for him to look at another character that that he doesn't see as human that he sees as alien and for a single word to be able to fill him with the 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 feeling, the sensibility, and, and the history uh, uh, of a shared earthly experience that Superman has, that that 
that Bruce Wayne's not aware of in 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 the name the shared name of their mothers i i think is 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 a really 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 touching sentiment and frankly i, I don't understand why everybody gets so upset about it I, I agree with you about the poetic nature of that uh however i think this film this film has great ideas poorly executed slash poorly written okay we agree there so uh, the martha thing yeah it's a, it's a good idea at face value but I think the arguments are, why doesn't Batman know Superman's identity? Or why, if he knows Superman's identity, why doesn't he already know his mother's name? The other uh, thing is, why would Superman call his mother by her first name? I mean, we can, we can continue deep diving here, but there's a lot of flaws with how this idea is executed on screen. Why doesn't Superman just tell Batman, hey man. My mom's name is Martha. No, or, or my, my mom's in trouble, by the way. And that's why I'm here to fight you. Let's not fight. Let's that's go fair. save my mom. It's fair. It's a fair criticism. I, I, I just, you know, when we're watching these films, I look for things to, to like about them. Yeah. Especially when I, there's a lot of things I don't like. So I think this film had a lot of potential, especially with the Martha thing. It's just, you know, it's just missed opportunities by Zack Snyder. I think we're on the same page, so. Do you have any other scenes to add? No. Which of these scenes is your favorite scenes in the movie, in, in Batman v Superman? Well, I mean, we, we both have the Batman v Superman fight written down. The titular fight? Yes. What do, you, what do you think about the warehouse fight? I thought that was one of the best things in the movie. I don't like it as much as the standalone Batman-Superman fight. Which, so, so titular fight it is, yes. That, that's my vote. Titular fight picked for Batman v Superman. Let's go to Civil War here. I have the airport superhero battle scene. I have the Captain America and Iron Man titular fight scene, and I have the Captain America and Black Panther chase the Winter Soldier scene. Uh, yeah, piggybacking on that list, um, starting with the hallway fight scene where Captain America and the Winter Soldier take on a group of Bucharest police. Yeah, in, in the stairwell, you mean? Yes. Yeah, I love that. So, I mean, you know, I feel like you could consider... The sequence that starts there and goes through the the tunnel fight scene as as, as a scene. Yeah, a I'm, I'm talking from starting in the stairwell all the way to where they get arrested in the tunnel. Yes, I, I think that that's the best executed action sequence in the film. Personally, I think my favorite scene might be a quiet one. It might be the discussion between Captain America, Steve Rogers and Tony Stark uh, that takes place just after the sequence that we're talking about. So they're in some sort of UN headquarters with uh, where, you know, Martin Freeman is, is running things and uh, the Winter Soldier is in his little uh, hamster cage. Tony Stark shows up to, in his words, offer an olive branch to Steve Rogers. He places the, um, the pens that he says uh, were from his, his father's archive that uh, were used to sign the Lend-Lease, Lend-Lease Act uh, on the table. And, um, you know, it's just, it, it's a, a, a great showcase of writing, of dialogue. And it's the kind of scene that I, I talked about when we were discussing the performances where you get to see some subtlety. And in particular, this frustration that Tony Stark has where he clearly feels like he's bringing his objective logic to the table. 
and Steve Rogers is 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 not having it. I have two things to say here. One, boring. Two, <laughs> I kind of appreciate good writing as well, which is why when we were doing Olympus Has Fallen White House Down Showdown, uh, for White House Down, I had suggested a scene where Kale was not able to, uh, really wanted to get into the Secret Service, but was denied. And you made a very valid point at that time, which I totally agree with, that that is not the reason why people are watching this movie. So I with with utter respect for great writing, great performances, and uh, honorable mention to the uh, what happens a little later in the scene when Tony Stark fights the Winter Soldier uh, and a gun is fired right at his face and he somehow survives that. That's a great moment in the movie. I like when he, he blocks the pistol, right, with his, his Iron Man hand and then disassembles the slide from the pistol. And, and when he does that, he has this like little smile on his face and then he gets punched in the face. There's a lot of really nice small details in the fight choreography in this movie. And... I wanted to talk a little bit about that quiet scene between Cap and Iron Man, uh, but I, I, I agree that it's a superhero movie, and, and it's likely that the best scene of the film should be an action-oriented scene. So, it, should, it should be the scene for which people watch these movies. So to me, um, I don't know if I've just seen it too much, but I, I feel like the, the airport fight scene has just grown a little less clever in my mind. I, I think it's a well choreographed scene and, and very entertaining. Uh, but I, there's a, a lot of those creative choreography beats in the apartment hallway stairwell fight scene that spills out onto the streets and, and through that underground tunnel. I think it's, it's an amazingly well shot action sequence and, and it, it's really riveting. I think most people will disagree with us uh, if you pick that scene but the three scenes I mentioned, the three action scenes, the airport fight scene, it has that big moment when all those heroes rise to face off against each other. Uh, it also has a very satisfactory uh, emotional release when uh, Iron Man finally chases Rhodey down, but Rhodey unfortunately still crashes. And then there's uh, the titular fight scene, which I think was also driven by emotion. And then we have the scene you just mentioned, which I feel probably lacks emotion, but is really well choreographed action. So I love all of these scenes. I'll let you choose. You choose that one. Quick honorable mention. I really like when Tony visits Peter Parker oh, in yeah. Queens. You know, it, it, it's it, it dawned on me that like that's the foundation for their multi movie arc, which I think ends up meaning a lot. You know, to fans of the MCU. But I'm happy to call it uh, call the the best scene. The apartment stairway fight scene through the tunnel. Uh, I'm calling it the Captain America and Black Panther chase the winter, winter Soldier scene. You've got the Winter Soldier picking up the battering ram and beating the police with their own battering ram. You've got the Winter Soldier uh, grabbing on to the the railing, which which bends but slowly, you know, uh, gently brings him him down one one flight to continue his fight. He accident accidentally he knocks one of the officers over the railing and 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 you know Captain America grabs him and like you know gives him a look like you know we're not supposed to kill anybody here and those are those are the type of character moments that uh, character moments within an action scene that I, I think we talked a little bit about uh, during White House Down if you can give me 
action that's kind of derived from the the character, from the nature of the characters, you know, in those fight scenes. That's something that I really appreciate. Those little things is what separates really great directors from good or decent directors. Those little moments, the character building moments. So yeah, I love I love all of those aspects in the in the scene where Captain America and Black Panther chase the Winter Soldier down into the tunnel. So uh, we're picking that as the best scene in Captain America Civil War. In Batman v Superman, we picked the titular fight scene between Batman v Superman. Tell me, Michael, which is the better scene between these two best best scenes? I mean, it's it's the Captain America Civil War fight scene. I think so. I think so. Absolutely a great scene. Wonderful to watch it every single time. Uh, do we know the names of the fight choreographers of this movie? Not offhand. Well, mad props to fight choreographers of Captain America Civil War. Uh, mad props to the Russo brothers for doing such a great job with directing action in this movie. So, point Civil War. Put it on the board, Michael. The next category. Category 7. The best title drop. Movie's name stated in a scene. I don't think either movie did it. Did you hear it? No, I, I don't think so. Both movies get zero points. Zero points awarded. Category 8. Best music moment slash needle drop. Batman v Superman was composed by Hans Zimmer and Junkie XL. We're both huge fans of Hans Zimmer. He's made some iconic scores. Do you want to calm down? I mean, I'm also a fan of Junkie XL. I, I'm not familiar with who Junkie XL is or, or what they've done. Okay, well, I mean, let's start with Hans Zimmer. Um... Hans Zimmer, uh, Lion King. Did you know he did the score for Lion King? Yeah, I'm off of IMDb, yes. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, did, he did not do the first one, though. The, yes, he did. He did? Yeah. I did not see it in the filmography on IMDb. Because the it's basically the Crimson Tide score. Oh, okay. If you watch Crimson Tide, it sounds very similar. I love that. I love that score. Oh, it's, I mean. Do it with me. I don't, I don't, I, we might have to pay for it then. But, for humming it? Yeah. So, I mean, Crimson Tide is a really nice, like, dress rehearsal for the Pirates of the Caribbean score. Pirates of the Caribbean score, I think, is, like, a, an all-time great. That movie is effing awesome. I mean, I've been thinking, in a previous podcast, I think I said, in a hundred years, they'll still be watching Pirates of the Caribbean. And and we're talking about the Curse of the Black, Black yes. Pearl exclusively. And I, I, I've been thinking about that comment and, and wondering how confident I am in it, but but it's it's I think it's an amazing film. Uh, Hans Zimmer also uh, did the Dark Knight uh, trilogy score, Inception, Dune, um, Junkie XL, uh, I, I mean, uh, Mad Max Fury Road. One oh, he my, did that. Yeah. yeah, one of my favorite relatively contemporary scores. Um, fun little fact, which I discovered doing a little bit of research for this category. If you'll recall in our discussion about Megamind and uh, the appearance of Brad Pitt as, as the Metro Man character, in one of the scenes that he appears, there's a song that is a remix of, of the Elvis Presley song, A Little Less Conversation, that was written by... Junkie XL. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Uh, anything else? <laughs> okay. You know what? Let me add. Hans Zimmer also did Interstellar. He did Inception. He did Sherlock Holmes. He did one of our favorite movies, The Ring. Did you know he did The Rock? I mean, it makes sense. It's up his alley. And he did Blade Runner 2049. He's all over the place. I love him. I love him. Apparently, he does like a live tour, Oh, we which should. I'd really like to see. That would be good. That would be cool. What did you think about his score in this movie? I actually really like the score in 
uh, Batman v Superman. I feel like I came to appreciate the score for this film by appreciating the score for the Zack Snyder cut of the Justice League movie. And then I I feel like I kind of reverse engineered and and found out that what I liked about the score of uh, Zack Snyder's or Justice League, the Snyder cut is also featured in Batman v Superman is also featured in Man of Steel. So there's a really light piano motif that appears in all the films. It first appears as part of the Man of Steel score um, by Hans Zimmer alone. Uh, It's a track in Man of Steel entitled Sent Here for a Reason. And it's used throughout Batman v Superman in in his most contemplative moments, his quiet moments with with Lois. Uh, It's also part of a moment that I'm sure we'll discuss later, where Superman is uh, saving a, a young woman from a collapsing building and he lands on the street and he's surrounded by citizens in Day of the Dead makeup. I, I wish they had used like a younger woman. She looked too old to be rescued. I mean, by Superman. People, I wanted like a child. People of all ages find themselves, you know, in, in Superman's in, arms in need of assistance. Um, but that's actually, you know, the the score is rousing when it needs to. But my favorite melody of the score is actually that that light piano motif. Captain America: Civil War was composed by Henry Jackman who has composed films like Captain Phillips, Kick-Ass, which is one of my favorite movies. He also did X-Men First Class. I love that. Also by Matthew Vaughn, who did Kick-Ass. Puss in Boots, Man on a Ledge. (laughs) Notable films. Man on a Ledge. I love Man on a Ledge. Uh, Henry Jackman did Abraham Lincoln, The Vampire Hunter. Oh, okay. Not Lincoln, the Spielberg movie. He also did Wreck-It Ralph. We love Wreck-It Ralph. He did uh, This Is The End, and he did G.I. Joe Retaliation, and he did another Matthew Vaughn movie, another really wonderful Matthew Vaughn movie called Kingsman, The Secret Service. He does a lot of popular cinema, it looks like. I mean, his filmography is extensive, uh, especially considering that I did not know his name until I looked it up for this podcast. What did you think of Henry Jackson's score in Civil War? Real quick, I also noticed that he did the Big Hero 6 score. Oh, he did. Which I think is a a standout um, on that list. Uh, I think the score serves the story. There is a lot of plot in Captain America. And I think more often than not, the score is kind of mixed underneath dialogue so that, you know, we can hear what everybody's saying. I think the moments where the score works the best are... The fight sequences, you know, where where dialogue kind of gets set aside, and I do think that it's most effective during the the airport uh, fight sequence. I don't love the way <laughs> I don't love the airport as a location for that fight sequence. The background of everything is gray, so you know, to I think help kind of focus in on the action and the 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 hand to hand or arrow to miniature Ant-Man combat that you're seeing, uh, the, you know, the score does a lot of work in those moments to, to, you know, support that. Cause I just, I don't, lo- I don't, I don't love the airport scene otherwise. Oh, you don't love it. Hmm. The one person who does not love the airport scene is sitting across from me. So it's because, you know, I think it has something to do with the fact that like the airport fight scene has to happen. Because of marketing, 
more, as much as storytelling. There's a lot of clever choreography, but the emotion of the Captain America, Iron Man, Winter Soldier fight at the end is, is much more intense, you know? Absolutely, I agree with you. Despite the fact that all the different superheroes take part when in, you, in you the have, airport fight sequence. You have to go back in time, though. You know, the the I, I was never I, I was never into comics, but not just people who are into comics, but the audience for the first time see ten heroes fight against each other. Spider Man is in there. They got the rights for Spider Man. They put it in. Now you're right. This scene wasn't necessary. The the, <laughs> the movie the movie could happen without the scene. But go back in time. Go back to the theater. Go back to IMAX. Was this on IMAX? I'm sure it was. And you see the airport scene. There's no denying it. It was one of the greatest things to be put on screen at the time. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about music. Right. I'm, 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 I'm in the Hans Zimmer camp on this one. Reason is, when I'm watching Batman v Superman, when Luther is in there, it's the Luther score playing. When Batman is in his cave, the Batman thing is playing. Man of Steel thing is playing with Superman. And... God damn the... Can Wonder we say God Woman. God, can we say God damn yes. in this podcast? God damn the Wonder, the Wonder Woman score is standout. Yeah. It's undeniable. It's the best needle drop in both of these movies. All the things that they've gotten wrong in the DC cinematic universe, the music's really good. The Wonder Woman score, the theme, totally stand out. I think the Lex Luthor score... Uh, his theme is great too. Did you know that when Wonder Woman came out in Wonder Woman eighty four, they replaced the composer of Wonder Woman with Hans Zimmer because of his theme for Wonder Woman in this movie? I believe it. Hans Zimmer, man, he's a master. So we're giving it to Batman v Superman here. Clearly. All right, Batman v Superman gets the point for the best needle drop. Category nine, best director slash which movie was directed better. This one's a no-brainer for me, but why don't you start? Captain America Civil War is really impressive in its pacing, in its ability to advance characters and keep us informed as to what they're thinking and, and why they're doing the things that they're doing. It's also really clever. I think I've, I wrote down more quotes, you know, more quotable quotes from Captain America Civil War than I have from any of the you know previous films that we've discussed. Part of it is because it's cleverly written, um, but a lot of it is, is because of the timing. Uh, Were Russo Brothers writers on it? No. But uh, that's why I said timing. Um, so I think the Russo Brothers had done Captain America the Winter, Winter Soldier, and that was their first MCU film. I think uh, in terms of feature films also, they had just come on board two feature films starting with The Winter Soldier. And their first real mainstream success was directing the show Community. Yeah, and according to the internet, Feige found the Russos by watching what they had done with the season two finale, two episode thing on Community. And so Feige reached out to them and asked them to do The Winter Soldier. And that's how it all started. So for this to be their second feature film, I, I think it's pretty impressive. And if there's any argument to be made for the direction of Batman versus Superman, it's probably what's lacking in Captain America Civil War, which is unique shot choice. The 
cinematography of Captain America, which I'm sure we'll discuss in the cinematography category, doesn't get in the way uh, of the story. And and that's probably the best thing I can say about it. So, you know, the the, the Russo brothers come on the, the scene, you know, with, with Winter Soldier. And, you know, in this film, manage to handle the the large number of characters in a film probably better than anybody had done it before and Um, people said it could not be done and it's a huge reason why infinity war and then endgame turn out to be so successful yeah so you're going russo brothers here over Zack snyder's batman v superman yeah and i i don't have any great animosity towards Zack snyder i like watchmen a lot I like his Dawn of the Dead. I, I love 300. I think 300, I don't love as a film, but I think it's impressive for, for you know, what it is. Sucker Punch is tough. What else is a, a, a Snyder joint? Snyder, well, Justice League, we mentioned that. I said that I was only going to say it once, but in the light of bringing up Justice League, you know, the extended version of, of Batman v Superman I, th- I think is a much m- more successful effort at storytelling. And I think the extended version of Justice League is similarly a, a more successful telling a- of that story. So I, I think that's a point. W- what you just said is actually a point towards Russo Brothers, where they're able to pack that level of denseness into a shorter narrative. Whereas... You know, honestly, if he just kind of cut down on some of the slow motion scenes, he could probably squeeze it in under two hours. I mean, if you had not interrupted me in one of my lengthy tirades, yeah, that was the point that I was coming to, which is, Zach, <laughs> you know, I I only have a couple, I, I only have a few hours here, you know? I think I, I texted you yesterday and I was just like, damn, these movies are long. Zack Snyder is to slow motion what Michael Bay is to exploding stuff. So, clearly, Captain America Civil War, in my opinion, is directed better. You agree? Yes? Agree. Put it on the board, Michael. Category 10. Best cinematography slash shot. Larry Fong, the cinematographer for Batman v Superman, has done movies like Sucker Punch, Super 8. I know you love Super 8. He did Now You See Me. He did Kong, Skull Island. He did The Predator. And he has done Chippendale, Rescue Rangers. That's a pretty solid commercial cinematographer right there. What do you think? Yeah, I do like Super 8 a lot. What do you think of his cinematography in this movie? I, I think the cinematography is one of the strengths of, of Batman v Superman. Is this a good time to talk about specific shots? Cinematography is the one. Okay. Uh, you know, some standout shots for me uh, in that opening fight between Superman and General Saad while Bruce Wayne is looking on. There's a wide shot where, where you see debris falling through the city and then you, you get a smash zoom into Superman and, and Zod as they're flying through the air. We'll call it the J.J. Abrams shot. It's a, that, okay, that's, I can't believe I couldn't, I can't, I couldn't believe, I could not think of who that zoom reminds it, me of. It's, and, it's either, so I think J.J. Abrams does it and also Joss Whedon does it. I mean, it's all over Star Trek now that you're, now that you've mentioned it. So I want to just mention one other shot in the sequence that you mentioned, which is I love when Bruce Wayne is running into the debris and the, the debris just comes at us and encapsulates us. I did not watch the movie on IMAX, but I bet if I watched it on IMAX, that would be mind-blowing. 
Uh, you know, I have a strange feeling now about shots that I think people would say, like, this reminds me of 9-11. And that's a shot like that. You know very well that 9-11 means more to me. Uh, that's than... right. It's your birthday. <laughs> yeah, Shots have... that remind me of HT's birthday. Give me a really funny feeling. Yeah, I was unfortunately born on September 11th. And uh, for a few years after 9-11, I could not celebrate my birthday. That's a tough beat. That's a tough beat. Anyways, yeah. So it was very 9 I'm really sorry that I brought up 9-11. Another shot that I like... When Bruce is on his way to Lex Luthor's house for a party, you get this this wide pan of him driving his car past an old burnt-out Wayne Manor, which really reminded me of the look and color grade of, of the Skyfall sequence in the movie named Skyfall. And then, you know, there's these kind of, you know, not impressive-looking shots, but really effective shots when Bruce is chasing Diana out of Lex Luther's party, and you get these really cool handheld following shots of Bruce as, as he's kind of, you know, flustered after Diana has stolen his uh, data copying tool from Lex Luthor's servers, which are unguarded in his home. Those handheld shots contrast with these very lockdown shots of, of Diana. So you get an understanding of, of how they are each responding to this scenario through the way it's visualized by the cinematography. So, you know, that, that, that's what I'm looking for when it comes to directing the camera. So you, you liked Batman v Superman for those reasons mentioned. Trent Opalock is a cinematographer for Civil War. He has done these movies. District 9, which is one of my Woo! all-time favorites. That's one of our... our you oh, are, me, you on the, are you on the District 9 band I mean, this to me, there's a couple movies that I know you and I are like, in, in the camp, and it's District 9 is definitely one of them. We usually disagree, but District 9, we're brothers I on. just rewatched it. It's so good. It's so good. He has done Elysium. He Cat has, food. Cat food. He has done Infinity War. He has done Endgame. And Endgame and Infinity War are achievements in cinema in terms of, you know, Infinity War, I think, had 76 characters packed into the movie, and Endgame had even more. So how does the cinematography fit into these massive movies? Or do you think it's more mostly directing? Well, I mean, you know, as we're discussing Marvel films, it occurs to me that, that cinematography is not a place where they take chances. And I, I think that that's kind of the headline, you know, when we're talking about Captain America Civil War. I think the cinematography is a weakness of the Marvel films, particularly following Endgame, leaning more into green screen or blue screen or whatever they're, you know, shooting in front of. The scenery, the surroundings feels less and less tangible. The camera hangs back for two shots and three shots more often. Uh, whereas in, in some of the earlier MCU films like Iron Man or the first Guardians, framing and camera movement played a, a much more significant role in communicating story and the emotion of, of characters. One shot that I really did like, though, from Civil War was when uh, Ant-Man is, he's tiny, and he's running on the top of an airplane staircase, you know, the thing that rolls up to the, the door. And, we you know, we get this tight shot, right, that shows us Ant-Man 
And the way he's framed, he, he just, he looks like a man. He looks like a man running. He's, <laughs> and then we bounce out to this, it, it's, I think, still technically a close-up because it, it looks like a 100-plus millimeter lens. It has an extremely narrow depth of field. But within this top stair that you're seeing, you know, you see the tiny, tiny Ant-Man. The tilt-shift effect. Yeah, it communicates scale and comedy. It's, I mean, it's a joke. It's a visual joke that is based on the lens selection, you know. And to me, that that's, that, that's cinematography, right? I will say this, that Civil War has some iconic imagery, like the airport fight scene, especially when the, when the characters kind of meet up uh, when, they, when they're running towards each other. It also has the Rhodey crashing sequence, which is, I think, memorable shot when Iron Man is holding uh, Rhodey. And the titular fight has some iconic shots when Cap is holding up a shield against Iron Man. And there's the other shot where Winter Soldier and Captain America are kind of beating down on Iron Man. I think ultimately what you said, you know, it's all in that Marvel movie homogenous look. And that's what fails it. It doesn't have great lighting. It do, it's not supported by great lighting and great purpose of camera placement and all that. Uh, so I think I'm going to lean towards what you said, where Batman v Superman had more purpose behind each shot. The lighting was much more purposeful. It also looks more epic in its uh, anamorphic effect and contrasty lighting. You know, I don't necessarily even fault like the cinematographer, right, for this decision. I, I feel like at the behest of the Russo brothers... The cinematographer is doing the thing that he's being asked to do, which is to not put artifacts of cinema in between a mass audience and a complex story. A shot that stuck out to me, a really quick handheld shot in the tunnel chase sequence, which we denoted as the best scene. One of the coolest things they do is that when the heroes are running, when Captain America or Winter Soldier or Black Panther are running... Those aren't actually digital models. They put like rugs or these like long carpets behind cars and then they dragged them and had the actors run on top of the carpet. So they're actually moving through space faster because the carpet that they're on is moving through space. And they did this at like 35 miles an hour. And I don't know who, who was the original technician that came up with it, but I think this effect was uh, created in the Incredible Hulk, the Edward Norton Incredible Hulk. It's really impressive. A great in-camera effect. I also want to just give a honorable mention to everything that has to do with the Captain America throwing his shield around, which was introduced in The Winter Soldier. I don't know when they figured it out, but it looks awesome. I know the physics of it does not make sense. Spider-Man makes a mention of it, but it just looks awesome what they did with the shield just bouncing around. It's so believable the way they've done it. I had, I had the exact same thought during the Lagos fight scene. I was like, oh, they really figured this out between these movies. Yeah, it's really excellent work. But ultimately, the prize goes to uh, Batman v Superman cinematography by Larry Fong. Nice job, Larry. Category 11, the best quote slash best dialogue. Batman v Superman has a lot of Lex Luthor philosophy 101 lines and a couple of quips from Jeremy Irons as Alfred. Jeremy Irons talks to himself a lot in this movie. Probably twice, but it's too, too many times. <laughs> These are some of the lines I wrote down. And this is uh, one by General Amarag, which was the 
African American. Well, he's not American. So the the black gentleman in uh, Africa uh, who says to Lois Lane, "Ignorance is not the same as innocence." I can't believe you fell for thinking that that line was clever. I also want to point out that something very similar is said since these are twin movies in Civil War. Can you just tell me now? Oh, it was uh, when T'Challa says, I almost killed the wrong man, and Nemo responds, hardly an innocent one. So it's basically the same thing in both movies. Eh, what, what else you got? <laughs> Coming back to Batman Me Superman, Lex Luthor says, you don't have to use a silver bullet, but if you forge one, well, you don't have to depend upon the kindness of monsters. I love that. And lastly, for Batman v Superman, I wrote down, Save Martha! And then Batman says, Why did you say that name? I think, I think that's got to be the iconic dialogue from this movie. Well, we're not, we're not talking about necessarily... I mean, it could be iconic dialogue, but we're talking about best dialogue. I think a lot of the lines that you mentioned, they feel like cleverly written lines and, and not necessarily the way that, that people would speak. So I, I, I think you'll, you'll see if that theme in the, in the dialogue that I have written down here. The first line comes from a, a reporter at the Lex Luthor party when uh, Clark Kent says, who's that? The reporter says, uh, you must be new to the let them eat cake beat. Actually, that seems a little written now that now that I'm reading it. So I do I do remember that line. How did Superman? I mean, sir, how did Clark Kent not know who Bruce Wayne is? All right, tangent. One of the worst things about Batman v Superman is the total disaster that is the way the Clark Kent part of the Superman character is handled. It's basically non-existent. He should have been fired from that job. He 100% should have been fired. Also, Perry comes across as one of the all-time worst newspaper editors. There's a scene where he tells Clark to write a story about a football game, right? And then days later, he's like, Kent, where's my football story? How long is a story about a football game relevant, right? You, do you think that... Uh they had worked in uh, the, the the you know the black character from Justice League in somehow that got cut out into uh, football. Yeah, because he was a football player for college or something, right? The well, c- cyborg character, cy- cyborg. Yeah, I don't know. It's not in the extended cut, but it makes Perry look like a jackass, and it makes Clark look like a poor reporter. Uh, and then I, <laughs> I think what you were alluding to is Clark goes just goes missing. He just goes missing for days on end. And, you know, Perry asks Lois, like, Clark? Like, you know, Clark? Uh, Nope, not around. The whole point of Clark Kent is to maintain an identity other other than Superman. So, you know, you can't do that while putting in absolutely no effort. It's really a glaring issue. In, in, in the storytelling of Batman v Superman. Um, he should just accept it like uh, Tony Stark did, call himself Iron Man, and just be that. Sure. Batman has a line I like. He says, um, he says this to Superman after Superman has asked for Bruce Wayne's opinion on um, the Bat Vigilante. And Bruce is explaining his dislike of, of Superman. He says, maybe it's the Gotham City in me. We have a bad history with freaks dressed up like clowns. Yeah, that was a good one. Shots like fired. Actually, we, we miss you, Heath. There's um, a Perry line that that I like, which he 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 yells to Lo- uh, Lois as she's leaving the room. Coach, no extra leg room. 
Oh, yeah, that, I love that. I actually played it back just to uh, watch it again. You know, oh, And she comes back and says, Economy Plus. And he goes, Coach! No legroom, yeah. Yeah, like a human would. Superman ha- has a line after the explosion at the Capitol hearing. He says to Lois, uh, Superman was never real. Just the dream of a farmer from Kansas. Which felt like a, a nice distillation of his internal conflict. Sounds pretty mopey to me, man. I'm not on board with that. This is a mopey Superman. It's a mopey Batman, too. Um, But my favorite line from Batman v Superman, uh, Bruce, when he's first approached by Clark Kent at the Lex Luthor party, Bruce assumes that Clark is looking for a quote related to to Lex Luthor's philanthropy for the uh, Metropolis Library. And Bruce says, he says, my foundation has already made a statement in support of uh, books. (laughs) <laughs> it felt like the realest line in the whole movie. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I don't care which one you pick out of all of those because I know I'm going to lean hard towards Civil War. All right, let's dive into Civil War. Civil War dialogue is much more how normal people talk. In fact, that's one of the criticisms against DC. What I love about all the Marvel movies and what makes all of these superheroes relatable is this is how normal people would talk. These are some of the nominees I wrote down. Uh, I love the funeral speech uh, where Sharon Carter says, compromise where you can, where you can't, don't. Even if everyone is telling you that something wrong is something right, even if the whole world is telling you to move, it is your duty to plant yourself like a tree, look them in the eye and say, no, you move. I love that scene. I find myself rewatching the scene. I know it's not a line, line of dialogue, but an honorable mention is due here. My, my issue with that line is that it's really bad advice. If everybody, if literally everybody is telling you that you're do, doing something wrong, at least think about it. Think about it for a minute. It, it, it might not be true that they're right. But if everybody in, in your life is saying the same thing, just take a beat and think about it. I love how that affects Captain America. My favorite line in the whole movie is uh, when uh, Mackie, Anthony Mackie is running and Spider-Man is kind of on the glass in the airport scene and he goes, everyone's got a gimmick now. I love that line. That's my favorite line in the movie. And that's all I got. What you got? All right, I got a bunch. Uh, I think these are mostly in chronological order. Uh, Rumlow, early in the movie, uh, once he takes his helmet off, he says, I think I look pretty good, all things considered. And his, I mean, his face was smashed at the end of, of uh, Winter Soldier. Uh, oh, I really liked this line. Um, Black Panther, uh, T'Challa, says uh, to Black Widow at the uh, Sokovia Accord signing, he says, uh, two people in a room can get more done than a hundred. And then his father comes over and says, unless you need to move a piano. And I, I double checked, this movie originated that line. And it, it feels like something, you know, that people have said forever um i thought that was a great line great line from vision um when he's making food for wanda he says uh in my defense i haven't actually eaten anything before uh (laughs) tony to peter parker what gets you out of that twin bed in the morning (laughs) a couple good ones from uh, i I missed that one i missed the twin bed line that's a good line Uh, a couple good ones from ant-man i really like uh i'm shaking your hand for too long uh, when he first meets Captain America. And then, uh, I'm good, Arrow guy. Let's go. I like that one, too. Uh, I'm going to skip this next one. I'll come back to it, because I, I think you, you and I might land on this one. 
heartbreaking. Uh, near the end, Cap says, he's my friend. Tony says, so was I. Uh, I don't know. That's a little movie, movie, mel- uh, movie melodrama. And uh, right near the end, uh, are you Tony Stank? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I like that joke. Do you like that joke? I love it. I like that San Lee was there. Yeah, well, he's always there. Uh, so the line I want to circle back with, it, 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 it's after the line you mentioned, which is everyone's got a gimmick. Falcon says, uh, I don't know if you've ever been in a fight before, but there's usually not this much talking. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I, I think that can be paired with everyone's got a gimmick now. I think it's, it's, it's of the same, same spirit. Yeah. So, you know what? I also, do you, what do you think of the line where T'Challa says to Nemo, the living are not done with you yet? Oh, I, I almost wrote that down. Honorable mention. Yeah, yeah. We both agree. I mean, we can pick any dialogue here, but yeah, we, we don't like even Civil have, War. We don't even have to get that specific. Yeah. We love Civil War dialogue way more than Batman v Superman dialogue. Point Captain America Civil War. It was nice to revisit those lines. Category 12. Which, you're keeping track of points, right? Because I'm not. Yeah. Which movie gets the Good Time at the Movies Award? Come on, this one's easy. Tell us, Michael. I think for all the reasons discussed in the 11 11 previous categories, and without much further discussion, we can say Captain America Civil War is just a better time at the movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And I think think this is the reason. Both movies have a lot of action, but Captain America Civil War... All of the action is driven by emotion, and the characters are constantly moving towards a goal. They have a purpose, and it's just a much more compelling time, compelling storyline than Batman v Superman. I wanted to talk about one thing, and I I should have brought this up in the directing category. It's all the writing that you see in Batman v Superman, Batman v Superman. It's just the weakest kind of filmmaking. Superman statue and Scoop McNary spray paints on it. False God. There's a Robin suit in Batman's lair that says, the joke's on you, Batman. And that's from Joker, from another storyline. Wallace, uh, Scoot again, uh, he's writing on his checks that he's sending back to uh, Bruce Wayne. You killed your family. Um, There's Polaroids that... Clark uh, is looking at of people who've been branded by Batman, and there's four of them, and they say judge, jury, executioner, justice, question mark. And for some reason, Martha Kent has the word witch written on her forehead. It's just the most superficial and meaningless crap. (laughs) And It's one of the many reasons that Batman v Superman, while it has fun-ish moments, it's not a fun time at the movies, unlike Captain America Civil War, which is a very fun time at the movies. I would say I was not totally in the mood to sit down and watch Captain America Civil War, which worries me because the mood you're in when you watch a movie has almost as much to do with how you're going to feel about it than anything the filmmakers could do for you, you know? But despite not being in the mood necessarily to sit down and watch a nearly two and a half hour, it may be plus two and a half hours. It's two and a half hours, exactly. It it got me again, you know? 20 minutes in, we're in that stairwell fight scene with Cap and the Winter Soldier, and I'm just on board, and it's a roller coaster right into the end. It really never never lets up. Yeah, yeah, it's a great, it's a great movie. 
Already mentioned my favorite superhero movie. So point Captain America Civil War. Let's take a break. We haven't counted the points yet. What do you think, Michael? What do you, what do you think are the totals right now? I don't know. I mean, I think we've clearly revealed that we are pro Captain America Civil War. But I think these genre-specific and twin movie-specific categories, they can be game changers. Batman v Superman might be doing a couple things right. You know, that'll earn it a few more points here before the end. Let's get to the superhero movie genre-specific categories. Category 13. Best power slash technology. Which movie has the best tech, Michael? What, what's, what's the category exactly again? The best power slash technology in a movie. So, I mean, Superman. Superman, he's got the best powers, right? He can fly. He's got super speed. He's uh, got laser eyes. He's got super strength. I mean, he could kick everybody's ass on the planet. But not Batman with prep time. Yeah, Batman could Apparently. Um, you know, Batman's got some cool gadgets. Why don't we just kind of talk about tech then? Let's forget the power. Let's just kind of talk about. Well, that's why I asked what the specific one. I'm, you know, we're just giving a rundown. Yeah. Um, you let's, know, let's let's focus it on technology. Which movie has the best technology? So you know, Batman's got the Batmobile. Oh, it was a great Batmobile. You know, I mad props to Zack Snyder. Just like I did not think Ben Affleck would make a great Batman, I did not think this movie would, could top the Batmobile that Nolan had made, and. It did. It made the Batmobile better. It made the Batmobile cooler. They did a great job with the Batmobile. Ugh, this is the worst take, HT. <laughs> you didn't like the Batmobile? No, this is a totally forgettable Batmobile. It's a totally forgettable Batmobile and an even more forgettable Batplane. I was thinking about like how iconic the moment in Batman Returns with the Danny Elfman score and the almost bat symbol shaped plane flying through the air like just how impactful that moment is versus the eh moment that you first see the batmobile which is a hundred percent digital in this movie is it it's really kind of lame i haven't seen the bts but it looks pretty I mean, practical effects uh, to me it looked very digital versus you know the first time you see the tumbler in the nolan batman trilogy it's in a white warehouse there's just kind of no hiding like how legit it is so you know i'm not crazy about the bat tech in this movie if we're talking technology does it get any better than the iron man suit you would be right however this movie doesn't really feature a lot of Iron Man suit It doesn't have a lot of it. And it doesn't even feature Iron Man's shop, whereas Batman v Superman features the Batcave. He 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 comes through the woods and he the the, the, the gates in the river open up and he, he drives straight in through a very long tunnel. That was cool. The and river with the the lake opening up was cool. The Batcave was really cool. And in this movie, in, in Civil War, we don't see Iron Man's lab. And we don't see him working on a suit like we did in the other Iron Man movies. It's tough. It's tough because I—I I mean, you know, you do still get—you still get the Iron Man suit, though, right? And you, oh, that was really cool when right in the helicopter he kind of puts the gloves on. I was put, gonna say the way that he gets into the suit with the chair and the helicopter kind of receding into the the wall is really cool. And you know, you get a little bit of the resilience of the suit, right? Because both Winter Soldier and Captain take it down a notch. They damage the 
the thruster on his uh, left boot, and his target guidance, you know, goes his targeting guidance system goes away. Um, you know, so you you get a, a little bit of a new kind of Iron Man where he's like working around some things that are are going not so great with the suit. You get the whole airport fight scene with him in the suit too. Um, so you so think, I, I think it's on the table for this discussion. So you think Iron Man's suit is the best feature tech-wise from Civil War? Are we going to try and narrow it down, or, or do you want to kind of talk like in summation the tech and powers in this movie versus the tech and powers in this movie? Let, let's uh, we we can throw in some other tech, but let's just talk about the suit for a second. Uh, I want to put on the other end of the table, Batman v Superman, the suit that bruce wayne makes to bat fight suit. i like the chunky bat suit it was uh you know beefed up it had the ability to fight superman superman could not take that suit down whereas cap and bucky could take iron man suit down so in terms of strength and tech the batman suit is better well i mean i don't know how, how honest the assessment of batman's ability to take down superman feels um i also think while aesthetically the the chunky bat suit is really cool and the glowing white eyes is is new and different he looks slow and he's like slow in the wide shot but you know look at the size of the suit man i i mentioned the um that dystopian future sequence uh, you know as part of the favorite scenes discussion that scene is a good example of a group of bad guys who are waiting their turn to fight our hero. You know, like... That's all that's going on in movies. <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, to me, it should be better than that. And I, and I feel like the, the chunkiness of the bat suit is the reason that you've, you've got guys and they're pointing their guns in, in no specific direction because, you know, they got to wait their turn to get smashed by the bat. John Wick does it best. I think before we started talking, in, in my mind, I was like, the Iron Man suit, it's just so cool... It's always cool. I feel like they give us something a little different each time. I mean, by the time the series is done, isn't he on like the 40th, 80th or something version of the suit, right? Well, it's all nano by the time uh, oh, Infinity War rolls around. Yeah. In this movie, the suit is just not featured that much. Meaning the, the suiting up and the lab work is right. not featured that much. Whereas we get a lot more of Batman building the suit that he's going to fight in. A lot more tech is featured in Batman v Superman. Right. And the fact that, I mean, this category is called powers, best powers versus technology. Does anybody have better powers than Superman? I, I think we can just check, uh, cross power it out and just focus on technology. I mean, it's the name of the category, man. I don't make the rule. Well, we did make the rules, but I'm just trying to follow the rules. So you're saying that anytime Superman appears, it, he just kind of gets a point? I think that might be the case. Uh, well, you know... I feel that the technology is better in Batman v Superman. And if I have to use uh, Superman to secure the point, sure, I'll right, go with yeah, that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to go down that road. All right. Uh, Batman v Superman features the best power and the best technology. Put it on the board, Michael. Oh, man. We didn't talk about like any of the other 19 characters in Civil War that have really awesome powers. But okay, we got to move on. You, you want to? No, 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 no. Okay. Do you, okay. do you think uh, Vision could take it's not on your fault? Do you think Vision could take on Superman? Man, we this is not that podcast. Can he? I, you know, please. Uh, I mean, I don't, you're into comics, right? I know nothing about it. I mean, I, I, you know, I've watched. I think all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe content, and 
I think a criticism of the Vision character is he's like a lot more powerful than they let him be, you know? There's the the what if animated series where he's like dominating the universe, but he ends up being like a pile of gray mush because of Thanos. I don't I don't know. Let's move on. Let's move on. I, I have two questions because now you have sparked it in me. One is can Wanda take on Superman? Wanda is insanely powerful. Um, I think yes, it's a yes. I I I mean. Let me, let me phrase it a different way. If there's no kryptonite available, can the Civil War cast take on Superman? Well, the, I guess the question... I can't believe we're having this conversation. One of the questions would be, like, does Wanda's mind power work on Kryptonians? Well, it worked on Thanos, didn't it? He's an alien as well. She doesn't really ever, like, get in his head the well, way Ma- that she does Mantis in- does. Mantis is does the sleepy thing. So, you know, look, I'm sure that in the great wide world of podcasts, this very thing has been discussed by more prepared ladies or gentlemen. All right, but we have already granted the point. Batman v Superman gets the point for best power slash technology, and we mo- we're moving on. Category fourteen. Which movie has the best sidekick? In Civil War, we have the Falcon, Anthony Mackie, as a sidekick for Captain America. In Batman v Superman, we have Alfred as a sidekick for Batman. Clear winner here for me. What do you think, Michael? You, you, you laid this out in much more clear terms than, than I thought we were going to, where we were going to start this conversation about who's whose sidekick. And um, when you put it like that, I mean, Sam is a great sidekick. He is not after the spotlight. Which is something I, I think he struggles with ultimately when, you know, Cap decides to step down. He is extremely capable and he seems like a good hang, you know? Like when Falcon is, is dressed up and he, he's in battle, he's a, a guy you want on, on, on your side. And, you know, when you're like driving, if you got to be driving around in like a VW Beetle, for a few hours, like he, he, he seems like a guy who can hold up his end of the conversation. I think he's got good taste in music from other, you know, I think he, he talks about Sam Cooke uh, in the um, Captain America and the Winter Soldier uh, TV show. Alfred, no shade to Alfred, though. You know, we, we've lived our life with a couple renditions uh, of Alfred, uh, Michael Goff in the Tim Burton and Joel Schumacher, the one consistent thread between those sets of movies, and then Michael Caine. This Alfred is more engaged, more involved in the actual fighting. He's sharper, more tech-savvy. Yeah, yeah. Um, But he also seems kind of resigned to being unable to save Bruce from his worst impulses. And, you know, he's sarcastic, and that's fun, and he can remotely pilot a plane, which is cool, but he's not, you know, shoulder-to-shoulder with Batman the way that uh, Anthony Mackie is. Yeah, Alfred is very naggy. I don't want a naggy sidekick. I want a fun sidekick who I can hang out with and can hold his side up in a fight. Let's go Mackie. All right, I I think we agree here. Mackie the Falcon, getting it for Civil War. Let's go, put it on the board. Category 15. Best villain slash threat. 
Which of these movies has the best villain or threat, Michael? All right, let's... I, I feel like I didn't think about this one at all. So, for a portion of Batman versus Superman, Batman is Superman's antagonist, and Superman is Batman's antagonist, and then along comes... Doomsday. Yeah, but I also read... Oh, man, I, and this is one of the things I just, like, hate about what happened to DC. And I, and what makes me interested to see what, what James Gunn is going to do with... with, with the Enterprise, that somewhere along the line, Zack Snyder said, he is a doomsday, but he's not the doomsday. And I'm like, Zack, that's super lame. Like, that's that sucks. I'm not familiar with exactly who doomsday is. Is he like a Superman's foil or something? Well, he kills Superman, you know, okay. in, in, in the comics. So And in this movie. He's kind of a big Spoiler kid. alert. Yeah, so, you know, I think he's cool once he exists he's like scary he's unkillable as according to the secretary of defense who makes that determination with with a, a shockingly small amount of information the way that this doomsday arises though is super weird and lame right lex luther puts the deceased general zod into some like muddy water aboard the kryptonian spaceship drips his own blood, Lex Luthor drips his own blood upon Zod's face, and then something happens, and we don't really get any further insight to that. So, uh, I want to pivot to Captain America, but let's let's end on, you know, Doomsday was cool, but how he got there was super lame. Um, Who would you say is our, 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 the, the villain in uh captain america civil war is it is it there, zemo there is no real villain it's zemo yeah okay sure right? call it zemo i don't really care because I'm, i think doomsday will kick anybody's ass any day i mean zemo is definitely the key antagonist of the story his actions demand a response from our heroes but i mean similarly in the way that you know superman is batman's antagonist and vice versa Captain America is Tony's antagonist, and vice versa in Captain America: Civil War. I, I I think in the in the spirit of this category, we're just focusing on the greatest threat slash greatest villain, and I don't think the the opposing hero is the threat or villain. Well, I mean, forgive me, I'm focused on making a good podcast filled with lively conversation. You know, uh, Captain America does not have a st- terribly strong villain presence. You know, I mean. You can see the MCU struggling with that now. Thanos was such a great driver of of story for so long. And it's interesting to think about Captain America Civil War in that, you know, Zemo's just a man, right? And the threat that is kind of over the head of our heroes is the dissolution of, of their partnership. And as cool and successful as the external action and fight sequences are, the strife of the story is is largely internal. Yeah. So clear winner, and we didn't even talk about talk about Lex here. That's because Lex stinks. He's so confusing as a character. I don't understand his motivations. Except, I mean, he seems he seems set on Superman's destruction, but he creates the Doomsday character with zero ability to control what he's made i find this version of lex Luthor to be quite lame but if we're talking about 
the most clear and present threat. You have a villain, a monster, that can't be destroyed with conventional weaponry. I mean, they used a nuke. Do you think if uh, Civil War in Civil War the Winter Soldiers came alive, they would be a greater threat or not? I, Doomsday just kind of lays waste to everything. I think he poses the most direct threat to the planet. Cool. Greater threat from Batman v Superman. Batman v Superman gets a point. Good job, Doomsday. <laughs> Let's get into the twin movie special categories. These are the categories that only apply to these two twin movies because of the very specific things that they both have in them. I just want to mention some common things that I'm not going to bring up later. One is that both movies inciting incident happens in a country in Africa where the superhero accidentally kills villains. Both movies have one character whose family was destroyed by the superhero's previous older battles. Both movies have a scene where the hero talks to their dead dad in a dream for therapy. Both movies have the reanimating of powerful bad guys who are in a chamber of muddy liquid uh, subplot. Hey, you really did your homework. Both movies have a hero's chest cut open at the end of the movie. And those are just a few things that these movies have in common. There's a lot more. We're going to dive deeper, though. Here we go. Twin movie specific categories. How many of these do we have? Four. Four. Okay, here we go. Category 16, the first category of the twin movies. Which movie has the best bad guy blowing up a government meeting scene? Batman v Superman has a congressional hearing where, with Holly Hunter where she has summoned Superman. Superman descends from the skies. He arrives. Holly Hunter discovers Granny's peach tea and the whole building is blown up by the wheelchair guy. <laughs> Civil War has the UN meeting in Vienna where a van blows up outside the building and it has a very emotional moment where T'Challa is, trying, is crying over his father's dead body. I was very moved by that scene. But which movie had the better bad guy blowing up the government meeting scene, Michael? Well, you know, I mean, Batman v Superman does a little bit of work in terms of ratcheting ratcheting up the tension. So the moment of the explosion, I think, is is more dramatic than the explosion in Captain America Civil War. We have... The performance of Holly Hunter really holding it down in that scene. It's confusing to me why she's in this movie. Holly Hunter is amazing. I love her. Uh, broadcast News. Mrs. Incredible. Twister. She's on Twister. That's Helen Hunt. Oh, oh brother, where art thou? And she's really, you know, she's really carrying that scene and injects it with a, a, a level of drama that otherwise I think would be absent. You also get a, a, a pretty spectacular visual. And, you know, after the first appearance of the explosion in, in Batman v Superman, you get an additional shot of Superman, like, standing in the, the burning building. And so, some of the imagery of the smoke pouring out of the Capitol, you know, is very dramatic. I think it's probably one of the more successful scenes of the movie. And, you know, much like the cinematography discussion, the explosion in Captain America Civil War, it serves the story, but, you know, it doesn't really draw attention to itself. So I find myself in a strange predicament here of calling it once more for Batman v Superman. <laughs> uh, I think you made 
very valid points. And yeah, I think uh, as far as bad guy blowing up a government meeting goes, point Batman v Superman. I will say, preceding this scene, there's um, something that happens that I, I love to spot in a movie, which is a background actor who's like really going for it, you know? And uh, I, <laughs> Are you talking about the girl who's talking in the back seat? I'm talking about the guy who hates Superman, who's got an alien painted on the side of his head. Oh, I missed that. He's got like a real Skrillex haircut. And he's got like a green like Roswell alien painted <laughs> on his head. And he's standing next to uh, Lois Lane when Superman arrives at the Capitol. And uh, I, I miss that. I miss that. I'm going to be on the lookout for it next time I watch the movie. You know, for me, it's, it's, it's not for the podcast. It's just for me. And I, I call it the Too Big for Background Award. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So a point Batman v Superman for the explosion. Category 17. Which movie did the parents of Iron Bat killed scene better? Dawn of Justice, while the death of Bruce Wayne's parent has been done a few times, it's quite well done in this movie in the beginning. Civil War has the Winter Soldier chasing the car in the middle of the wood scene, which is crucial to the plot of the movie. The scene is elaborated upon much later in the movie, and for some reason there is a camera in the middle of the woods which captures it all. Which movie did it better, Michael? The Dawn of Justice, Bruce Wayne's parents' death, or Civil War, Iron Man's parents' death? You know, I mean, I think I think Batman v Superman makes the mistake of rehashing the Batman origin story. F- so, again, forget the history of these movies. Let's just talk about these movies. I gotta be me here, here, man. I gotta be he- me. Uh, you know, John Watt did such a smart thing. Watts did a, such a smart thing with Spider-Man Homecoming, which is not rehashing a story that we all know very very well with great power comes great responsibility that being said there's other reasons i hate it too (laughs) um the shot of martha wayne's pearls hanging or draped over the slide of a semi-automatic handgun is the exact kind of bullshit that makes people rightfully criticize Zack snyder it's it feels cheap and we come back to it like three times in batman v superman i think we come back to like the pearls falling through the grate we we do the same in civil war we come to that scene like three times in the movie but the difference is we learn different things each time by the time we got to the scene obviously i know what's going to happen now because i've seen it before but i'm still dreading it i mean it's one thing to remember uh, the untimely passing, the untimely violent passing of your parents. I was going to say, it's another thing to see it, uh, but Bruce Wayne does see it. Um, you know, we get to be there when Tony learns something fundamental about his own history. And, you know, it's another opportunity that lets him kind of act his socks off. And it makes the turn from we disagree with each other to we are now enemies totally believable i i I think it's a huge success of the film so i think coming into these two movies i was a little tired of watching the death of bruce wayne's parents but upon this rewatch i didn't mind it so much i thought uh, i hadn't seen the nolan movies in a long time i hadn't seen tim burton's batman in a long time so it was a good refresh i thought uh the slow motion actually helped in this situation and so I kind of like the Dawn of Justice death of the parent scene better. 
And also Civil War, the the cinematography kind of sucks. The direction kind of sucks when it just comes to the, the, the flashback itself of the death. The emotion that Tony Stark is feeling watching this, the shot that they're cutting to in the flashback is, is not completely selling me on the impact of it. You know what I mean? It's, it's Tony Stark's reaction that is good, but the cinematography and direction of the scene itself that he's looking at is not that good. Well, let me say that, you know, I, I like that you like the, the Batman v Superman scene. I also like the ace up my sleeve. Yeah, good. I've uh, you, <laughs> you're using it. Yes. Yes, I'm gonna because use, because I was gonna use it if you didn't. Go I feel for like it. you were drawing it out of me here. So yeah, it worked. I'm gonna ace up my sleeve. You, my treachery worked here. And grant the point to Captain America: Civil War because no points should be granted for the pearls over the semi-automatic pistol shot. My strategy worked. Again, my ace of the sleeve is saved for a later time. H successfully lost the point. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Put it on the board, Michael. All right. For Civil War. Category 18. Which movie had the best titular fight scene that involved falling down from several stories high? In Batman v Superman, we knew that there's no way Batman can defeat Superman because, well, he's Superman. But with his science stuff and kryptonite research... And CrossFit, he looks good in this movie, right? And a heavy metal suit, Batman is able to best Superman with a kryptonite spear tip. He point. does work out in very interesting ways. I loved it. I loved it. I love, you know, he's a, he's a beefcake. I love it. <laughs> Until, of course, the Martha thing happens. Uh, but let's, well, you like the Martha thing. I think I did. I think we discussed. I like the idea of it. Yeah. yeah. In Civil War, uh, Captain America and Iron Man and Bucky duke it out. Not only does a ton of cool action take place, but it's... It's also very emotionally charged scene. The fight is well motivated, well choreographed. Between these two fight scenes, which titular fight scene is better, Michael? I mean, I feel like I've I've been taking the lead in a lot of these, so I'd kind of like to hear where you're coming from first. Man, I like them. I like the scenes both, but I like the action in Captain America: Civil War better. The fight between Captain America and Iron Man have a lot of great emotional moments. Every shot seems to have a purpose. There's good strategy that Bucky and Captain America use to take down the Iron Man. Batman uses good strategy to take down Superman, but the scene was just not very well written. You know, it was, uh, it, the whole altercation could have been avoided. So I blame the writers for that one. I'm going to lean Civil War on this one. How about you? One of my main issues with the Batman v Superman fight scene is that both Batman and Superman have opportunities to kill the other, and they don't pull the trigger, as they say. So it definitely takes a little bit of the the wind out of the the, the sails of that scene. I, I was kind of afraid you were going to come down on on preferring the Batman v Superman fight scene uh, because while the portion of the Captain America, Iron Man, Winter Soldier fight sequence that takes place in, in the silo that, that exists like in this vertical space, I don't think it is particularly strong. When they fall down into the uh, missile exhaust vent area and, and you're in tighter quarters, I think it's some of the best fight choreography. It's probably the best hand-to-hand you know, fight choreography in the whole movie. And despite the kind of limited uh, variation in the surroundings. It's its all cement. 
they end up creating some some really interesting visuals, right? With you know Iron Man's beam hitting Captain's shield, the POV computer fight understanding that's going on in in uh, Iron Man's uh, user interface. I have a question about that. Yeah. When he's talking with his mouth to his AI about you know reading Captain America's fight strategy, can Captain America not hear him? I assume. Oh, I mean, I assume that he. I, I'm. I guess for the success of the movie, we we have to assume he can't. But I mean, that that's the kind of suspension of disbelief that Marvel excels with. You know, I mean, how many wacky things have we all come to you know be on board with? I also. <laughs> I, I I guess I've never really thought that the Winter Soldier was all that cool, but his arm is really cool uh, in this uh, movie, particularly when it gets blown off. You know, the damage that can be caused by both Tony's Iron Man suit and Captain's shield, you know, they feel very tangible. And, you know, there's that moment when Captain beats Iron Man's helmet off, his face mask off with his fists and then <laughs> then tony thinks for a moment that that cap is going to like guillotine him with the shield but cap goes for the uh the chest arc reactor instead you know there there there's real damage being done you know both physically and you know to their to their relationship so um that to me is is the more successful fight between the the these these two options. Yeah, and before we officially allot the point, I also want to you know, I think there should be an honorable mention for the Batman v Superman fight because if you are not familiar with how this goes down, which uh, I I actually was because I was uh, there was a animated movie that had come out where this fight had happened, and uh, I forget the details of the animated fight, but you know, similar situation. And Batman takes down Superman. But if you're if you're not familiar with how it happens, it's a real point of curiosity how Batman's gonna do it. And all the steps that Batman takes to take Superman down are very interesting. And Batman ultimately could have been successful if he so desired. So, you know, mad props for how this fight went down. You're right, there are a lot of unnecessary things in the fight. He takes a really long time. Batman takes a really long time. To hit Superman with a sink. I also did not understand why does she throw the spear away into the water? Because that was just an unnecessary thing in the movie. There's a lot of issues with what Lois Lane does and why she does it. All right. Uh, you and I both agree. Civil War was a better, more emotional uh, fight. Let's go for that. Point Civil War. Put it on the board. The last category for today's podcast. Category 19. Which movie introduces a superhero from a super secret, exotic, powerful civilization better? Batman v Superman jams in Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. Civil War shoehorns in Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther. Which movie did it better, Michael? Does Batman v Superman come out before Wonder Woman? Absolutely, 100%. Really? Yeah. Weird. Check your facts. Check your IMDb. I'm asking. I didn't know. Yeah, that's the first time we see Wonder Woman. Okay. So which film introduces us to a new character from an exotic civilization, we've got... Because I know if I did not mention the exotic civilization, you would have picked Tom Holland, giving the point to Civil War automatically. Because we both love Tom Holland's introduction. That's... But no. Okay, okay, okay. Don't put thoughts in my head. Um, all right. 
I walked away from this viewing of Captain America really enjoying Black Panther. He's got his own arc. You know, he goes from being kind of filled with vengeance, vengeance in his heart. I would say, actually, he goes from even like being a little bit more immature at the beginning of, of the film to, you know, working through the fact that he is now both Black Panther and King of, of Wakanda, which that's a tough day. That's a tough day for anyone. And then we have Wonder Woman from, do we know what, she's from the Amazonians. Yeah, Amazonian. I forget what the island the is Amazons. called. Some type of island. Yes, the island. Near Greek, Greece, Athena. We don't know. Wakanda forever, baby. Wakanda forever. See, that's how much Zack Snyder's filmmaking sucks, that we still don't know where Wonder Woman is from. Themyscira. Oh, that sounds hard to pronounce. I like Wakanda better. Um, all right. And then we have Wonder Woman out of Themyscira. You know, she is kind of lame in this movie if you haven't been able to see Wonder Woman yet, you know? She, uh, in particular, there was, there was one thing that, you know, I feel like violated my my suspension of disbelief in in, in Batman v Superman, which is after uh, she steals Bruce's information gathering gadget from Lex Luthor's party. For some reason, she hangs out in the hallway just long enough, you know, for him to catch a glimpse of, of her before she walks away. That being said, you know, she, when she lands in her costume her superhero fighting costume and her theme song comes on. It's probably the best part of the movie. One of the best moments in the movie. Yeah. And, um, I do like how they managed to have both wonder woman and, and Batman play, um, a significant role in, in the fight against doomsday. Cause otherwise I think, you know, without Superman, they would be clobbered. Yeah. Fade um, to black. But, you know, I think you know, Black Panther plays a more significant role in the, the narrative of, of, of Captain America Civil War. He shows uh, growth, you know, and advancement as, uh, of, his, of his, his character unto himself. And he's just cool as hell, you know, when he, he does that, that he, like, uses his claws to go down the building. Oh, he does the thing where... where, where uh, where um, Clint says, uh, I'm Clint. And he says, I don't care. And then he proceeds to kick his ass. He's awesome. He's really, really awesome in this in, in the movie. I, I like the Wonder Woman standalone movie. Um, I like Gail Godot as Wonder Woman. Uh, up until 1980, 1984 is, is wrong in so many ways. But, you know, these two going head to head, I mean, for me, I think it's, it's Black Panther is the winner. Yeah. So... Uh... Black Panther, the movie came out not long after Civil War, and it, it was a very unpopular opinion at the time, and it probably still is, but I don't know if you remember me telling you, but the 10 minutes of Black Panther that we get in Civil War, I found it to be much more entertaining and meaningful than all of the first Black Panther, and I, I, it, Black Panther was my favorite character, more than Tom Holland, uh, Holland Spider-Man in uh this movie civil war because that because the efficiency of the storytelling is incredible it is chadwick boseman i had not seen him in all of the other great movies that he'd been in so it was my introduction to this person for the first time on screen and he has a couple of uh i wouldn't say monologues but lines where he, he's kind of looking off 
And not every actor can do a great job at it, which is just kind of like look off screen and saying something that they're internally feeling out loud. And Chadwick Boseman just nails his character. And uh, one of my favorite things about Black Panther, I'm glad I don't have to use up uh, use Ace up my sleeve on this one. In the past, we have uh, picked uh, Carrie Ann Moss over Don Cheadle, but that that uh, picking off a hot woman over uh, a black man shall be corrected today with Chadwick Boseman taking it out of beautiful Gal Gadot's hands. I, I think, I mean, one of, one of my key walkaways, takeaways from, you know, this viewing of, of Captain America Civil War, it, it's, this is not a new thought, it, it, it is, is how successful the casting is, in particular uh, for Black Panther and, and for Spider-Man in this film, to think that we didn't have a lot of familiarity uh, with either uh, of their faces, and they appear to us as these totally complete and thought through characters you know with their own motivations and their own backstories and they can both as you said just be on the screen by themselves you know and hold it that's incredible it's an incredible roster of talent that they put together in the first you know what three or four phases of uh of marvel films and and this is a great example of that civil war takes it with chadwick boseman as black panther Great job, Chadwick. We love you, man. And we miss you. Uh, That's all of the categories, Michael. Before we get to the final tally, let's recap real quick. Michael, here we go. Let's recap it for our audience. Category one. Which movie won the release date? Batman v Superman. Category two. Which movie won the box office? Captain America Civil War. The MCU juggernaut. Category three, which movie has the better title? Batman vs. Superman. Colon, Dawn of Justice. Category four, which movie has the better leading actors? Captain America. God damn it. I should have used my ace up the sleeve on this one for the half and half. You're going, you're going home with an unused ace up your sleeve. Did, does, does it get prorated towards the Absolutely next one? Absolutely not. <laughs> prorated. Category five, which movie has the best rest of the cast? Captain America. Category six. Which movie has the best, best scene? Captain America. Category seven. The best title drop, which is uh, movies name stated in a scene. No points awarded. Zero. A zero for both movies. Category eight. The best music moment slash needle drop. Batman v Superman. Hans Zimmer, baby. And Junkie XL. Category nine. Best director slash which movie was directed better? We got the Russo Bros. I love the Russo Bros. Captain love the Gray Man. Did you watch the Gray Man? Haven't seen it. <laughs> uh, category 10. Uh, best cinematography slash shot. Batman v Superman. Larry Fong. Larry Fong. We love you, Fong. Category 11. <laughs> best, best quote slash best dialogue. Captain America. Captain America. Category 12. Which movie gets the Good Time at the Movies Award? Also, Captain America. It's a great time at the movies. My favorite superhero movie. I hope it wins. I would be surprised if Batman v Superman wins. Category 13, best power slash technology. Batman v Superman. Batman v Superman. I think Superman's responsible for that point. Yeah. I feel like it's kind of unfair. But all right, whatever. Category 14, which movie has the best sidekick? Captain America. I love you, Mackie. You're so great. 
Category 15, Best Villain Slash Threat. Uh, Batman v Superman for Doomsday. Doomsday locking it in. Category 16, which movie has the best bad guy blowing up a government meeting scene? Batman v Superman. Batman v Superman with that beautiful slow motion explosion. Granny's peach tea. Category 17, which movie did the parents of Iron Bat killed scene better? Oof, it's so confusing when you do that. Captain America. Captain America. This was the ace up your sleeve, right? Uh, it was. Oh my god, I should have... Aced up my sleeve, your ace up your sleeve. Oh, that we've never had no. I, a missed opportunity. I mean, I think we have to settle the rule right now, which is... I think it should be allowed. It should be no, allowed. No, 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 no. Because then it's just, what, no points awarded? No, I just reversed your decision. You reverse it? Yeah. Oof. We're going to have to take this conversation No, no, it's, it's like a football game. It's possible. I cannot... No, reverse... I can, I, I, you, we got to finish this episode. All right. <laughs> Category 18. Which movie had the best... Titular fight scene that involves falling down from several stories high. Captain America. Category 19. Which movie introduces a superhero from a super secret, exotic, powerful civilization better? Black Panther. Chadwick Boseman takes it for Captain America. Rest in peace, my brother. What are the totals, Michael? Beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, 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 beep. All right. With seven points, we have Batman versus Superman. And today's champion, Captain America Civil War, with 11 points. Woohoo! A big round of applause. Congratulations to everyone involved. With 11 votes beating out Batman v Superman, who only got 7 votes, Captain America Civil War destroys Batman v Superman to claim the championship in this Hollywood versus Hollywood podcast. It was a little more even than I anticipated, actually. So long, Batman. Better luck next time. I also wanted to kind of say this. I think Batman v Superman could have been a much better movie uh, if the fight between Zod and Superman uh, somehow killed Robin. I think that would have been a much more personal, engaging storyline than what they show in the movie. That is a complex avenue of, of, of thought that you have started upon. Before we close out here, if I may, upon this rewatch, it, it struck me that Bucky's full name is James Buchanan Barnes. James Buchanan was the president of the United States who immediately preceded Abraham Lincoln. James Buchanan was a terrible president. The Civil War started two months after he left office, and despite his strong denials, particularly after he left office, he was considered by many to be sympathetic with the uh, southern states to the point of treason to the United States, and he supported the passage of federal laws to protect slave owners. God damn it, Buchanan. Did he have any arm issues? I did not find that in the Wikipedia. An age-old debate is settled, and today, Captain America Civil War officially triumphs over Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. Signing off from the Hollywood vs. Hollywood podcast, this is HT with my co-host... Michael. Have a nice day. I was happy to be here. Thank you for listening to the Hollywood vs. Hollywood podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen. And connect with us on Instagram at Hollywood vs. Pod. <laughs>